0: Well, good evening. It's good to be back on the campus here tonight and to worship with you and know that the Lord is at work in all of our lives and He's in charge. Amen? Amen. It's good to know. Somebody said tonight as I was shaking hands and people were coming in, I've seen you before. (laughs) Well, you know, some people, you just can't get rid of them. They won't go away. They just keep coming back but we're excited to be a part of what God is doing here at NBC and in the lives of all of you who have this call to ministry and are answering that call. I remember, I remember going through these years in training and trying to decide, okay God, what is it? What's it gonna be for me? What, what are you calling me to do? And let me tell you, you don't have to sweat about that. Just let him reign. Just let him reign. He'll, he'll show you. You just follow him and stay in step with him, and he'll show you. I, uh, I don't think I've ever sung that chorus, Shout to the Lord, so fast. <laughs> I, I, don't, I know I've never, never heard it. That, how many of you have heard it that fast before? Because he's saying it before, right? I, I couldn't catch my breath to get the, all of it out. Let me tell you why. He drank three glasses of iced tea for supper. That's what's going on. It's the caffeine kicking in. But uh, <laughs> it was good. In fact, it just kind of goes along with the message tonight, how how we love doing new things, how God loves doing new things, and how just about the time we think we figured out how it should go and the way we like it, God says, well, let's mix this up a little bit. Let's do this just a little bit differently. And he does all things well. Our scripture tonight comes from 2 Corinthians, chapter 15, or excuse me, chapter 5, beginning the reading there in verse 16. And um, it's on this beautiful theme of God's newness, how God loves doing a new thing. Verse 16, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are ambassadors, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. What an assignment. You're hereby sworn in as ambassadors. This is your new job. You're to be going about the business of reconciling this world to God. The work has been done. You just have to explain to people how it works the message will come through you that's our work I don't know if you've ever thought about how much God loves newness how much that theme runs through Scripture I I started doing a little search on the word new I found the first time new was used in the Bible was in Exodus chapter 1 verse 8 talking about a new king but if you go over just a couple pages In Numbers chapter 16, the Lord gives a warning to Israel. They're kind of questioning Moses and what he's up to. And the Lord gives this warning He says, If God makes something new, if he brings about something totally new, and you reject it, in effect, you're going to be judged and the people who questioned that who went against Moses and what he was giving as a new command for God's people the scripture says the earth just opened up and swallowed them alive and they were gone with everything they owned Poof! and the earth closed boy I wish I had that kind of power as a pastor (laughs) there have been times I really want to see that happen To some people who just couldn't stand to do something a new way. Or a new thought. Or a new approach. You see, one of the things you love about starting a new church is you never, ever hear somebody say, We've never done it this way before. It was as if God was saying to Israel, way back there in the beginning... I'm a God who does new things and you better get used to it because this is what I do this is what I'm about he creates a new thing he brings it about he he operates out of the box out of our expectations just just when we think we've got all the rules he changes the rules that's what a paradigm shift is all the rules change fascinating you see it, if I were God I think I would just say okay here it is one two three just do this and this is how it is but it's not like that he does things differently new things all the time and he seems to love doing new things when Jesus resurrected to newness of life he was in a new week in a new day, in a new tomb, (laughs) it's all new. And I don't think think that was a, a normal thing that happened at most funerals. It's kind of a new experience for everybody. Years ago, a friend of mine described how much he loved a new day and a new week and a new month he just kept going on about it. And I said, why, why do you like new soap, new day, new week, new? He said, because it's a chance to start over. It's God's way of kind of washing the past clean and this is a new day. Let's start again. I thought, well, that's a good idea. That's a good way to look at it. So we get up in the morning and we say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Not everybody does that. The roosters do that. (laughs) Roosters get up and crow and say that verse and bound out of bed. And then the night owls kind of drag out. How many roosters here today? How many roosters? Good morning, people. Yeah, there you are. How many night owls here? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So wait, it's the way it usually is, about half and half. You know what else I've noticed? God has roosters merry night owls. Isn't it funny? I tease my wife, I say, you don't believe in God to 11 o'clock. It's not easy to always look at a new day, especially if you're a night owl, to look at a new day and say, God has something new for me today. This is a new start, a new day, a new beginning. But that's how God made this world. And he he really makes the experience of coming to know him like a whole new world, a whole new life, a whole new creation any person is in Christ they are a new creation old things pass away everything becomes new you probably aren't surprised to know that my first pastoral assignment was starting a new church and in that assignment I met Velma Sorter Velma was one of the launch team members who helped us get that church started and faithful believer hard diligent worker loyal loyal member kind of people you need to start a church and I learned very quickly with Velma if we were having a Bible study or a prayer meeting or church service and we asked for prayer requests I learned very quickly what Velma's request was pray for Bill Bill needs Jesus. Bill was her husband. Pray for Bill. I want to see Bill saved. Pray for Bill. And almost like we don't even need to ask. We know what she's going to say. Pray for Bill. And Bill was a good guy. Loved Velma, loved their son, had a good business. By the way, he was a printer. Every new church needs a printer in the congregation. It's a wonderful blessing. And he did all of our printing for free for the church. I loved Bill. But Bill needed Jesus. For four years, Velma made those requests and we prayed those prayers. And one day I was working at the church office, knock on the door. Unexpected, I go to the door and it's Bill. I said, Bill, Bill said, Pastor, can we talk? Sure, come in. Came in, sat in my office, he said, I need help. What do you mean? Well, he said, I'm just miserable. I can't go on this way. Something has to change in my life. It's just not working for me. He said, Do you think God could help me? And I thought, All this praying, it's finally starting to work you know you just pray people under conviction just pray them to the place where they need the Lord and I opened my Bible to 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 and I read this verse to Bill Bill if you receive Christ he gives you a whole new world you're a new person all this misery you're feeling it's gonna go away you'll have a new life in Jesus he said that's what I need so we prayed together and when we finished praying and I looked up at Bill he was different I mean I could just see it in his countenance he he looked different it was like I don't know how to describe it except like those scenes in the hospital where they put the paddles on somebody and they say clear and they bounced to life it was like God's paddles touched Bill's life and his heart. And he was a new man immediately. I've never done this before, and I've never done it since. But I said, Bill, we have to go somewhere. He said, where are we going? I said, come on, follow me. Follow me. Just drive your car. Follow me. He said, where are we going? I said, we've got to go find Velma. He said, well, she's at home this afternoon. I said, well, let's go see her right now. We've got to go tell her. So I drove over to their home. He walked up with me to the front door and I said, now Bill, just stand right here. He said, well this is my house, I can walk. No, I said, just stand right here. Knocked on the door, here comes Velma with the dish towel drying her hands and I had Bill kind of behind me. And she said, hello, Pastor Jim, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, Velma, how are you? Well, I'm fine, she opened the screen door and when I started to step in, she saw Bill. And she kind of gave this nervous laugh. I said, well, what's this about? I said, well, Velma, I've come here today to introduce you to someone. And she said, what? I said, well, you you think you know this guy with me, but you don't know him. Because this is a brand new guy. This is a brand new Bill Sorter. You've never known him before. A few minutes ago, Jesus came into his life, and he's a new creature. And I was going to, I had it all worked out, all this stuff I was going to say. The towel went straight up in the air. She ran over me like a buckeye running back. Just bam! And tackled Bill and hugged him around the neck and began to weep and rejoice and celebrate and I didn't need to say any more. and I watched that scene you know it's one of those scenes you live for as a pastor I just kinda of was drinking this in and thinking you know this is this is like the story in Luke When the prodigal son came home when the father ran and grabbed him. You know, in the East, fathers never run to their children. He ran to his son. And the scriptures, if you read the translation correctly, he was kissing him. Kissing, 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 kissing him. Hugging him and kissing him. In celebration and joy and rejoicing. I watched Velma with Bill that day and I thought, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. When a new person comes to Christ. You know, I think if if we got at the business of hugging and kissing and celebrating when new people were come into the family, I think if we got better at that, we'd have more people coming to Jesus. If there was a greater sense of joy and rejoicing about this. This is big stuff, this is incredible stuff. Life transforming, this is powerful, incredible to witness, to be a part of, to be the one who speaks the words of reconciliation till people come to know God and their lives are changed. And what we know is, That happens more with new churches than anything else we do. You know, if you like that kind of scene, if you enjoy having people come to know Jesus, then you need to think about getting involved in a new church somewhere because that's what they're really good at. Now, I can't explain all the reasons why. I've studied it, I've studied it for years. I've tried to get a formula. There's no formula. There, I can't, it's just kind of a God thing. You see, people who don't go to church, they drive by all these churches with big steeples and stained glass windows, and they say, that's for members only. I'm not allowed in there. That's a country club. I I don't have my life together like those people do. I can't go in there. But when they hear somebody announcing that we have a brand new church starting down here in the junior high school and everybody's welcome, they say, hey, what's what, what that like? A new church? On a first, I gotta see this. I mean, it just drives them crazy. They get so curious. They can't stay away. And they don't know. We're waiting on them. We're ready for them have we got good news for you and seeing people come to Jesus nothing like it first Sunday I had a new church this last church we started on our first Sunday we'd done mailers we'd handed out flyers we had radio announcements we had newspaper ads I mean just all this stuff trying to just find because we were literally Literally, we were right next door to Rick Warren. Our school a property was right up against the school property where he was worshiping on Sunday. My guys wanted to go down and reverse his parking signs. (laughs) You know, Pastor, if we just get 200, you know, and then turn them back. We were just desperate. And then we found out that all these people who didn't go to church had never heard of Saddleback Valley Community Church. Never heard of it. I was so thrilled. They didn't know who Rick Warren was. And after they came to our church and after I got to be their pastor, they thought we had the greatest church in the world. And they even thought I was a great pastor. You know why? They didn't know any other pastors. (laughs) They'd never been to any other churches. This was a whole new experience for them. So here we are on our first Sunday, all these new people, about 200 people there. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. I talked about how God wants to give us a whole new beginning in our life. I said, let's bow our heads and ask ask God to help us find him. And if you're praying this prayer when we're done, just raise your hand. All the heads were bowed. Hands just started going up all over the place. Like, oh my goodness, look at all these things. Oh, whoa. Couldn't believe it. What we had were a bunch of people who'd never gone to church where somebody really wanted to help them help them come to faith. People that were friendly to them, that smiled when they saw them and shook their hand. Most of them have never seen that before in a church. Don't look at me that way. It's true. <laughs> we dismissed everyone. They started to leave and The guy came up the aisle and just put me in a bear hug. I mean, just, he was pretty strong. He just took my breath away. He was hugging so hard. And then he started weeping. And I realized well, so much for catching all those people running for their cars right now, I got to deal with this guy. What's up? He said, I came home this week and found my wife with another man. Our three-year-old daughter. And I'm trying to decide what to do. He said, when I found that out that day, I went I went down to the shopping center here and I was just standing there numb. He said, I didn't know what to do. And he said I just went into this movie theater and sat for two hours and he said I just cried in the dark and I started saying oh God what am I going to do dear God what am I going to do and he said I walked out of that movie theater and I stood on the curb looking at my car and I was saying to myself God what am I going to do when this paper came blowing across the parking lot and hit the curb at my feet and fell down, and it said, have we got good news for you. He said, I stepped off the curb and opened up that paper, and it said, here was a church for people who were looking for answers. He said, that's why I came today. He said, God told me to come today. It's a God thing. I've been trying to get a fan and all these flyers just blow them across parking lots. It just doesn't work. It's a God thing. But after you do all you know to do and you say, God, come and bless what we're trying to do here. Please, God, we can't do this without you. And he brings his blessing on It's a whole new experience. It's a whole new thing. Roger found the Lord and joined the church and was in our worship team and played guitar every Sunday and brought his little daughter to church with him. And God healed his heart. And that's the business we're in we're helping God in this business of reconciliation. And nothing does it better than new churches. I looked up the word new the last time it's found in the Bible. First time and last time. Thought it'd be significant. Back in Revelation chapter 21 verse 5 says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give to, unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. And then the message translation says in the next verse, Conquerors inherit all of this. I'll be God to them. And they will be my sons and daughters. Whole new experience. This past Christmas we had a new experience in our family. My oldest daughter and her husband had graduated from seminary. Moved to California and they're a part of a new church there. A new Nazarene church. You know it's got to be a new Nazarene church. And in the fall before Christmas they finished all the classes to be certified as foster parents. And a little four-year-old boy was brought into their lives tragically. His mother had died of an overdose. His father was abusive and cruel. Ex-con, in trouble with the law. Had abused this little guy, four years old, so much that the court said, he has to leave. He cannot stay in this environment. You know how he found out? They told him one day, we're taking you and your sister for a ride. He had an eight-year-old sister. He took him to the airport, said, You're getting on this plane, and she's getting on that plane. That's how he found out. He screamed and cried, and they pried him away from his sister and put him on that airplane with a brown paper bag, grocery bag, with everything he owned in it. And that's how he met my daughter and her husband at the airport. Afraid. Upset, confused. You couldn't do it. You couldn't handle it in a worse way. And they took him home. They said, Dakota, we love you and we're going to take care of you. My daughter Rachel said, What do you got in your bag? He said, Oh, this is my junk. He had another word for it. Four year old. It's my junk she opened the bag and it was his clothes. They were just rags, just dirty rags. So she folded the bag closed and they got home and she said, now come upstairs. I want to show you your room. They went upstairs and opened up this bedroom that they prepared for him. Painted, brand new painted room, new furniture, toys everywhere. And he walked in the room, and he said, whoa, whose stuff is this? And Rachel said, this is your stuff. For me? All of this is for me? Oh, yeah, she said. We've been waiting for you a long time, and we've got all this stuff ready just for you. All mine? Yes, it's all yours. This is your room. She said, now come downstairs. He said, no, I'm not going downstairs. I want to play in this room. He was up there by himself for almost an hour. Finally he came downstairs and they showed him around the house. But he kept his distance. He was. You understand. She understood. She was making his bed the next morning, and under his pillow were all the toys in the room. He'd he'd hidden them under his pillow, because they were his toys. And this went on for several days. She came down one afternoon and found him playing with a toy telephone, just talking away on the telephone. And she said, Dakota, who are you talking to? He said, I'm talking to my mommy. She's up in heaven. Oh, you're talking to her? Yeah. Rachel said, can I talk to her? Yeah, he said. And he handed her the phone. And she said, hello? Yes, yes, I'm Rachel. Yes, and Dakota's here at our house. Yes, he's a good boy. Yes, we lo- I know you love him, but we love him too. And we've got him a new room and new toys, and we're going to take such good care of him. I know, yes, she said, I know, yes. Okay, yeah. Well, we, we, we think he's wonderful. Of course, he's sitting there just drinking this all in. She said, okay, yeah. All right, you want to talk to him now? Okay, thank you. And she handed the phone back to Dakota. And he took the phone and said, Yeah, Mommy, that was her. Uh Uh-huh. Goodbye. And he hung up. And he jumped up and hugged Rachel around the neck. And he said, I think I'm going to make you my new mommy. (laughs) And everything changed that day. It just, just changed. And as each day began to go by, he got new clothes, got him a puppy to play with, had a whole new life, whole new world. Mark is dad, Rachel is mom. they slipped the old brown paper bag into the trash without saying anything and God said I will make all things new and I will be unto them a father they will be my sons and daughters new creation I don't know where your journey has brought you from. I'm not sure all that you've gone through, but I have learned that all of us kind of have our stuff in our brown paper bag, our junk that we've kind of carried along with us. And and God says, you know, if you let all that stuff go, i got something brand new for you, so much better, so much better you'll forget about all this. And I'll give you a whole whole new world, a new creation. And that's what that's what we do as reconcilers. That's what we do as ambassadors for God. We're bringing people Wherever they've come from, with all their hurts and anguish and pain, we're bringing them in and saying, you're family with us. Our Father loves you, and we love you, and we have a place for you at the table. And you belong. And you can stay as long as you want. That's what we do that's what it's all about and I know I know we kinda look around and say boy it's just not right how that's going it's just not right what they're doing I don't like how this is happening I understand it's not a perfect world (laughs) yet but God says one day I'll make it all new. One day, I'll set it all straight. One day, it'll all be right. And we're living for that day. Amen? Amen. We're living for that day. I kind of tease people that get involved with us in new church evangelism. I kind of tease them that you better be careful. Because once you kind of experience this, once you kind of taste this, there's no going back. There's nothing else like it. Of seeing miracle after miracle in people's lives and families and homes and... You just wouldn't want to think about anything else. And I know some of you here are saying, well, I know new churches is not for me. Well, that's okay. I know it's not for everybody. But maybe there's somebody here saying, I don't know if it's for me or not. Sounds good. Can't be that good. But, but maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is. So we're going to have a class here this summer like we had last year. And we spend a week together. And we talk about how new churches start. And we talk about all the stuff you gotta do before God comes and does what he does. And it's in July. At the end of that week, we'll have a time together on the weekend to actually spend with some pastors and and other believers mature believers who will help us guide you to what God is calling you to do not not to give you a call but to help you understand your call and who God made you to be how he's wired you how you're gifted and graced and where you might go in ministry to find that place and it's a kind of a transforming thing to watch watch young leaders hit on that, to understand that and see it. And and we don't say you all are going to go start churches. We're very careful about that. But we can say, here's how you're gifted. Here's how you're graced. Here's the passions we see in you. Here have been your experiences in life. Here's what you love. This makes your heart sing. See, I I grew up in this little church my dad was the pastor, and I grew up in this church where there was a lot of guilt, a lot of condemnation, and a lot of negativity. And, and the idea was, if you're really doing God's will, it's going to be something you hate. I mean, the more you hate it, the more you're going to have to do that. If you're really going to sell out, and consecrate yourself, you're gonna to have to do that. And I grew up with this thinking, oh I don't want to go to Africa and live in a grass hut. And I knew I was gonna to have to. So I went on a short-term mission assignment and God showed me, you can't do this. But you can be a missionary and you can win people to Jesus and I do have a place for you and I stumbled on this incredible thing that God made me to be good at things that he wanted me to do. Wow! I could do something that other people got blessed with that I got blessed with and I enjoyed doing it. What an incredible thing! And see, that's what we do when at the end of this week we kind of work on that together and say, okay, let's talk about how God is working in your life. I have this prayer for Nazarene Bible College. I've been praying it for several years. I'm praying that our college here will be the West Point for new church pastors. This will be the place. If you want to start a church that makes a difference, you come to Nazarene Bible College and we'll show you how that's done and we'll train you in that and we'll send you on your way confident that God's call and blessing is on your life. And I believe God is doing that. He's already doing that in classes. And If you're kind of on the fence and not sure what it is, maybe you need to just think about, I, I need to sign up for that class. I need to go through that weekend and have some people who care about me work with me and kind of show me how God has put me together, what I need to be doing in my ministry. You won't regret it. Anytime you can have an experience where someone holds up a mirror to you and says, here's who you are, you take that experience you get that experience, you go for it. Because the more you understand who God made you to be, the more you understand what God's calling you to do. And you can be a blessing. This is a whole new thing. This is a whole different way of doing church. This isn't the Nazarene church your grandpa went to. I could take you to some place that you'd say, Are you sure this is a Nazarene church? They are. They're Nazarene because they believe what we believe. And they're passionate about their mission. And the message is the same. And the belief is the same. And the mission is the same. Just the way we do it is different. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. It's different. And it's working. And it's making a difference in people's lives. It's exciting. It's wonderful. And for some of you, it's what God is calling you to. I'm sure of it. I just don't know who you are. But God does, and you will, and it'll be okay. And we don't have to know tonight. And we don't have to know this summer, but we'll know when we need to know. Amen? Amen. We'll know when we need to know. Now, if you're kind of interested in this class... Um, Brother Joe is going to help us. He has some brochures. I was in school with Joe Warrington. Can you believe that? He looks so much older than me, doesn't he? (laughs) Joe's a dear friend. Uh, He has some brochures about the class. He'll be happy to answer any questions you have. And I will too, if we can help. And let's see what God does with this. We are seeing more new churches started in the USA and Canada in the Church of the Nazarene than we ever have before. And we're seeing more in high-impact, transformational churches start. And you can be a part of this. Just pray and say, God, what do you want me to do? If God doesn't want you to come to class, don't you dare come to that class. But if he says, maybe you need to think, well then maybe you need to think about it. Let's see. Let's bow our heads together. Lord, I thank you for this time tonight. I thank you for the potential that's in this room right now. Because I don't understand it, and I can't comprehend it, but you can. And there are leaders here, and there are churches represented here, and hundreds of people represented here in future ministry that will make an eternal difference. And I pray that... You'll do a new thing within us, and we'll sense your work in our hearts. And for what's accomplished, we'll understand it's been a God thing. It's been something that you've done. And we'll give you the glory, and we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. I want you to go and learn something new in class tonight. God bless you. You're dismissed.